ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another exciting episode of The Devil's Due. I am your host, Carl Duty. Court is now in session. With me, as always, is the man who, dead or alive, is coming with me tonight to see RoboCop in the theater, Mr. Drew Celestino. That, that's, that is accurate. We're going to see RoboCop Pre- Preferably tonight. alive. I'd, I'd rather you know be alive to see this movie. <laughs> well, that is completely up to you, sir. Uh, I, I choose I'll, to... I'll drag your corpse into the theater if that's what's required. Oh, yeah. Um, no, I'll, I'll come willingly. It's okay. All right. You know, it's my, one of my favorite movies and all. <laughs> uh, what's up? How's it going? It's going. RoboCop tonight. RoboCop tonight in 4K, which... On the big I, screen, does it matter? No. No. But the theater we're going to is gorgeous. You said you've never been there before. Never been to the North Park. They always do great uh, retro screenings. I saw the original Superman there. Okay. And I saw Wayne's World there. That's an experience. Yeah. So those were, uh, it's a very uh, classic style theater and it's been restored. Would you say it's more of a theater? Sure. Okay. Good. Theater. Theater. Um, it's got nice, comfy seats, not like the full reclining ones that we've kind of been spoiled with, but the seats are, are updated, Okay, so they're not like... It's an old-world look with some modern conveniences. I'm okay with that. So, yeah, it should be a good time. That being said, we're going to endeavor to keep the show tight tonight. <laughs> That's but, always the goal. <laughs> but, dear listener, fret not. We're not going to shortchange you. Never. So, that being said, let's get to our opening statements. Drew. Hey. How was your week? It's been all right. Um, well, it happened, Carl. What happened? I finally saved Hyrule. Ah, yes. The, the charred, burned remains of Hyrule Look, are in fairness, safe. it was charred and burned a hundred years ago. Yeah, that's but the point like... Of the, that's the story of the game. How much longer were the forces of Ganon allowed to uh, pillage... About two hundred hours. Burn. About two hundred plus hours. Longer than the big than picture. They, it's they not a should lot. have been. Yeah, it's okay. All right. So, but you finally beat it. I did. I uh, Sunday kind of rolled around. I was hovering at around one hundred and twelve shrines out of one hundred and twenty, and I said, you know, I got some time today. I'm just going to go ahead and finish my shrines and knock that knock that out. So, at a certain point in the afternoon, I knocked out the shrines. I was like, well, I got one hundred and twenty shrines. I guess I could finish off my couple of side quests. There was only like two I had left, amazingly, out of all the, you know, countless side quests that are in the game. I only had two left. So, yeah. Well, and they both happen to be in Hyrule Castle, where I have really not dared to venture, even though I could have at any point. I'm like, well, I'm going to go over there and finish off these two side quests, which I did. And then I was like, well, I've been in the castle. I have no side quests left. <laughs> I've got all the shrines. I guess I could maybe, you know, farm some enemies and, and upgrade my armors more and, you know, get all completionist on it. But then I was just like, you know what? No, it's it's Sunday night. I put the work in. <laughs> it's it's time. Let's 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 finish the fight. So now you beat the game. Correct. Are you done with the game? No, I you know what? I I've, I've been wrestling with that. I don't want it to be over. So I don't I don't know that I'm done with the game even though I've beat the game. I feel like I'm still I like those those upgrades and all that. I don't need them. The game's over, yeah. recording, but I kind of just want to play it just to run around and experience So now when it does more. the when does the first DLC pack drop? End of the week. 
Okay. <laughs> so I kind of timed this out well. There's more content coming this week, so yeah. I, I get to keep so playing. You're not done with it. No, God yeah, no. no. And I'm so happy that I'm not done with it. It's so great. I after beating it, I've just like kind of got reflected, re- reflectful. Is that the word? Yeah, whatever. Reflective. Reflective. There you go. And I was like, wow, you know, I have never sunk this many hours into any game ever. What a game. Just what a what a fantastic experience this game has been. I can't stress it enough. It's just like I hit that point maybe like at the 45-hour mark, maybe even longer, when I was realizing the scope of it. And I just stopped thinking like finish finish the this, you know, objective and then go to this one and then I'm closer to being the game at a certain point I just let that go I just I, I said you know what no forget that I'm just gonna play it and experience it and let it take me where it wants to take me and wow it's what a what a fantastic game yeah. what a fantastic game I've heard nothing less from pretty much everyone else who's played it so it's it's monumental I I'm 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 flabbergasted by the scope the scale the the polish and just the experience of that game. I still don't know if I'd put it as my top Zelda ever, but in terms of video gaming achievements and, and you know, in the, in the, in the Mount games more or whatever, like I don't, I, it's, it's pretty tight. It's, it's, it's a landmark. It is a landmark video game in a lot of ways. I don't know what to say about it. It's, it's fantastic. Alrighty. That's so yeah, that happened. So was, off. was that the that was that the entirety of your week? Just that's kinda... that's the crux. Yeah, I've been mostly uh, taking her easy. So uh, yeah, that's it, man. Alrighty, sweet. High rule is safe for for now. What's for now. left of it? We, we must rebuild. <laughs> uh, have they said like how much, like how long? the DLC stuff is going to be? Uh, one's a challenge mode, so it's basically as long as you can survive, I would assume. Um, I don't know much more beyond that. Um, and so it's not like story DLC? That's the second DLC. Oh, that's okay, that's yeah. coming later. That's going to be story DLC. This one is more like challenge modes, a hard mode, um, some new items, and new armors and things like that. Cool. Yep. So, yeah. Cool. Uh, so now I'm looking for new games to play. Uh, I still have to finish Blaster Master Zero, on, uh, which I did purchase. I saw that new game uh, that looks kind of like Mega Man I, I shared with you and Alan. Yes. I forgot the name of it, but uh, I think I'm going to pick that up because I do like me a good uh, Mega Man-esque kind of game, as long as it's not suicidally hard like some of the latter Mega Mans yes. are. But I'll still enjoy Shovel Knight, for instance, was, was brilliant. Loved it to death. So, yeah. And, and Splatoon 2 comes out in like two weeks. So, you know, we two. have that. Or two weeks? No, wait. August, uh, July or August? I don't know. Either way, I, right. I have it pre-ordered. That's all that matters. <laughs> Sweet. What's, what about you? What's going on? Oh, been kind of a long week. Okay. William decided to overachieve. Ah. And uh, pop four teeth at once. I see. So now he has all the teeth. No. Oh. No. No. Still got a couple left. Oh, so you have more to look forward to. Yeah. But uh, popping four teeth at once, it has its pros and its cons. Its pros is that you get four teeth out of the way at one time. Its right. cons is that you have to deal with popping a tooth times four. Mm. So, like, he was running a fever for a couple of days. He's just been generally miserable. 
Uh, Sounds like, like me. Coughing and sniffling and <laughs> oh, sneezing and just feeling all the after effects of popping a tooth times four. So that started, I want to say, last Thursday. Yeah, because it started getting bad Friday night, and that's why I left game night early. Um, and st- he's still like, he's past the worst of it, but he's still feeling the after effects. So yeah. that, uh, yeah, that has been fun. But, you know, it's part of the package, you know, going into it, you're going to have times like that. Um, Saturday, I competed in the fighting game tournament. How'd you do? Which, which is its legitimate name. They just call it the fighting game tournament. <laughs> um, I competed in Tekken 7 and Street Fighter 5. Um, I'm happy to report for the first time I advanced past the first round in Street Fighter. Hey! Because my first round opponent didn't show up. Oh. Well, so, as the great Homer that. Simpson once said, the two greatest words in the English language, default, <laughs> default. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, then I proceeded to go 0-2 in Street Fighter. Uh, it, to be fair, I haven't picked up Street Fighter in a couple months. Okay. Um, so, there was that, and then... I fared better in Tekken. Really? Yes. Interesting. Um, I lost my first match, uh, but then I won my second match. So, and then I was I was very quickly dispatched in my third match. Um, I won a total of three wins and four losses in Tekken. Okay, counting individual games played. Um, so it was a good time. Uh, again, big thank you to Brian Stone, who has been on the show before, and Game on Land for uh, putting on a fun time for everyone to have. Uh, shortly after the, my time in the tournament was over, I was thinking, I'm like, there's an X-Wing tournament going on. <laughs> See, it all comes back to X-Wing. Didn't have my ships with me, but I was like, you know what? I'm really starting to like this group, this West New York uh x-wing group so i thought i'd so i walked like a mile and a half up the street with a 20 pound fight stick on my back um checked out the rest of the x-wing tournament it was cool interesting builds fun times this is uh, this new kid comes in plays he's considerably younger than most everyone else who plays i noticed that uh the the x-wing crowd skews slightly older than the fighting game not surprised crowd yeah um uh, but there's this uh this new kid who started showing up like a week after I did. This kid's got some game. Okay. He won it. He won it. his first tournament he ever played in. He won. So um, I believe his name's Evan, Ethan. I'm going to look it up. It's an E name. We it's know an that e much. Name. So yeah, um, that, that was a lot of fun just to kind of stop and see that. And that was happening at uh collector's inn. Um, yeah. Other than that, it was kind of a, Straightforward week. Good deal. Today's kind of rough, though. Today um, marks the 10th anniversary of the passing of my friend William, who Mm. my son William is named after. So it's kind of rough. Uh, This day is never easy. But it's, this day is, I mean, it's hard to rank one over another like William or my father, which I've discussed about on the show before. But, I mean, sometimes it's harder thinking of William because like 
you went much, much too early. Um, so yeah, kind of going through the day with that. Well, 10 years, big landmark. Yeah. It's strange to think like he's never met. He never met Julie. He's obviously never met, um, uh, the child who's named after. Right, right, right. I was wonder what I would na- what I would have named him had William lived. Maybe Bruce. Bruce. <laughs> um, Evan O'Connor was named the young lad who won the uh, store tournament at Collectors Inn. So congratulations to you, Evan. Kid's got some game. Carl will look forward to dispatching you down the road. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> Kid, uh, kids got some. He's got some games. Always got interesting builds. Okay. So I definitely I haven't had a chance to play him yet. I definitely do want to play him. Uh, tournament coming up this Saturday at uh, Two Kings Gaming at the Eastern Hills Mall. So all right, going to uh, fly Decimator Squad. Um, I've got two built, and I'm gonna test fly them. Hopefully both uh, Thursday night. My Decimator is currently getting custom painted. Wow. Yeah, we're hitting Warhammer levels, are we? Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> Dude, the game the game is is crazy fun. Um, I'm enjoying it more. Currently, I'm enjoying it more than fighting games because it the time. Every time I say this, it sounds like a backhanded compliment to the game and the community around the game, but it is not intended that way. The time commitment to develop your skills in X Wing is not as high as the time commitment to develop your skills in a fighting game. No, yeah, you claim like, that, yeah. Yeah, like I've said before, if you want to be competitive in a fighting game, you've got to put in, like, minimum two to three hours a day. Yeah. So, so yeah, uh, that was my week. Dear listeners, if you want to tell us about your week, if you want to ask us some questions, if you want to make some comments about the show, we welcome any and all feedback. You can reach us at the following social media outlets. You can follow us on Twitter at Devil's Do Pod. You can go to Facebook.com slash Devil's Do Pod. You can email us at the Devil's Do Pod at gmail.com, or you can find all these resources available to you on our website, the Devil's Do Podcast.com. That being said, bringing our closing our opening statements to an end and going into cross-examination we have some questions all right our first question today comes from mr adam malone hey wealthy young man about town uh he has a question for your show he says i want proof anyone has ever said far and few between i think drew just made that up no 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 nope i hear it all too often Usually on the radio or even on some podcasts or, you know, in uh, meetings with, uh, you know, if, if you're if you work in an office and I've worked in several, you have those meetings and you have, you know, people talking and sometimes those people like to pontificate and like to think that they sound smart, but then they drop the far and few between line on you and you just kind of, I just kind of tilt my head like a dog, like, hmm? <laughs> and then, you know. And I feel like I'm the only one that picks up on it because everyone else just kind of lets, lets it slide. Yeah. But I, but I know. I know. It, it might be like those word puzzles you see where the first and the last letter of the word are in the proper place, but all the other words are mixed up, but you can still read what it's intended to be. Sure. I, got, so. I, I have lots of little vocabulary ticks like that. <laughs> all right. Like, uh, for instance, is irregardless an actual 
word or is that just basically like it, it's a, it's an oxymoron really irregardless okay like isn't regardless just an, enough as in with with no regard irregardless means the same thing like whatever it's all good i don't <laughs> i could be wrong <laughs> I could be wrong, but no, lots of uh, lots of things like that. I'm also the grammar Nazi on on social medias and in, in writing form, so I, I'm that guy too. Yeah, yeah. Uh, no, that's that's in the words of Vince McMahon: pronouns, pal. Get, get, <laughs> think think twice, type once. I say. There you go. Okay, now we move on. Thank you very much, Adam, for your question. We move on to the Gene Wilder and Richard Pryor of the Devil's Due, Mister J. Gelsomino and Alan Waiters. Both sent in questions, starting with Mr. Gelsomino. Drew and Carl, I'll see you guys in a couple hours, but I'll ask these questions now. Oh, Jay, getting in late. <laughs> you can watch one movie oh. with the director and force them to explain themselves throughout the movie. What will you choose between the following? I'm glad he's giving us choices. because I'm, I'm going to read these in reverse order because I think he buried the lead with the first one. Okay. Uh, Wolverine Origins. Yeah, yeah. RoboCop 3. <laughs> okay. Jaws of the Revenge. Okay. Or G.I. Joe Rise of Cobra. Ah. Well, if I watch that with the director, that would mean I'd have to watch it again. I don't know that I'm cut out for that. I, I might I might fold. Well, you know what its powers are now, so you can steal yourself <laughs> against them. Well, then again, that was uh, that might have been the uh, the last gasp of my of my uh, optimism and hope in the world. <laughs> so when I saw that movie, I think that pretty much killed killed all of that. So maybe I could sustain myself watching that again. Were you ever optimistic about the film at any point during like, oh, no, pre production no, announcements? No. Like that? No, I was as soon as I heard their t- what the direction they were going with it when it was first announced, I was like, "This is terrible. This is all wrong." Um, and I heard it's quote, all wrong. I tell you, yeah, it was wrong. And remember, uh, remember IGN. Remember they they still exist, yeah. but at, yeah. at the time uh, they had an IGN movie channel. Yep. And uh, I wrote in once to the IGN movies, and I kind of like called out the producer and and in the script and you know they they and they they had, they had a reader column yeah. at that at that point and they put my letter in and like Lorenzo de Bavon, Lorenzo de Bonaventura that he's the producer he produced GI Joe amongst many other movies he saw that he saw that article or my and he like com- got combative about it in another interview like later on <laughs> and like called it out and I was just like this guy's a jerk and he's wrong <laughs> And not for nothing, I know he's a big Hollywood big shot, but I like to think that um, I was right and he was wrong. So, Listen, Hollywood big shots often prove that they don't know anything. That's correct. So, anyway, I don't know if I could sustain it given that list. The, the other movies, I have no real interest. No, you know, like for RoboCop three, it's a sex. You know, it's a, it, that's playing to, that's playing favorites with with what we like. But at the same time, like I'm pretty sure I know what that guy was going for, and I'm pretty sure he had no money and was in a thankless position, and given a, stu- a studio mandated PG-13, and, and RoboCop had kind of already ceased to be a thing yeah. by the time he had to make that movie. So I don't care. The other movies, yeah, whatever, they're bad. But same thing with like Wolverine Origins. I'm sure the director didn't give a crap about comics, and they were just going to be like, here, take this and make something, and and whatever, yeah. and you know. 
I don't need to hear that guy talk. <laughs> but the director of GI Joe, yeah, okay. If I could, if I could, if I could bear watching the movie again, I might sit down with that man and tell him everything that he did wrong. I would, I would be there with a bucket of popcorn, <laughs> watching you. I'd be like three rows ahead of you, turned around, just watching you and him watch the movie, just waiting for you to just snap and start punching him. I wouldn't even do that. I would just watch it and be like, dude. What what is this about? What were you doing there? <laughs> Let me tell you where you went wrong here. Let me tell you where you went wrong. See the opening credits yeah. when it says directed by? That's where you went wrong. Then again, I think that was directed by Steven Summers, was it not? I don't know. Um, I think it was. And um, let me see. Steven Summers. Yeah, I think he did G.I. Joe. He did do G.I. Joe. Let's look at what he's done since, shall we? Did he do the second G.I. Joe? No. Hmm. I'm pulling this up because I want to know now. <laughs> We're trying to keep it tight. This we'll keep week. it tight. I got it right here. I got IMDb in okay. my hand. All filmography. Director, Stephen Summers. After G.I. Joe, you know what he's done? What? Not much. <laughs> a movie called Odd Thomas that came out in 2013. I have no idea what that is. Sure. And then a movie with question marks for the release date called When Worlds Collide. So, in other words, Mr. Summers... Much like with Mr. Bonaventura, I was right, and you were wrong. <laughs> Between the two of us, my career has taken an uptick. Yours, not so much. Dirty. Just putting that out there. Granted, he probably gets much bigger royalty checks than I'll ever see, but still. Yeah. So, my yeah, my answer to that question is the same. <laughs> Strictly <laughs> no, no. just to watch Drew. Yeah, yeah. That's, yeah. Just snapping. Because I think at some point you will just snap. And- I probably would. It'll probably be like at the end when Cobra Commander... I like the air quotes there. Thank you. Uh, ...puts on the mask. If you call that a mask. Yeah, sure. And I think that would probably be the point where it just is... That's the end. Drew goes ballistic. This is why I hate Joseph Gordon-Levitt and Channing Tatum. I'll never forgive them for that movie. I think they both redeemed themselves. Uh, you know, I don't care. It's to me, <laughs> never. Never forget. What if they were in like a legitimately good G.I. Joe movie? Like a total reboot, they were playing different characters and they were legitimate. Like if Joseph Gordon-Levitt was playing like Dial Tone. <laughs> so, <laughs> Dial Tone needs a mustache, sir. So no, he can't do I'm it. sure he's uh, capable of growing one. I don't think so. Um, All right, then he's playing mainframe. Okay. Uh, I'm, I'm willing to give everyone a chance to redeem themselves. There you go. world's a better place when we have forgiveness and give people second chances. Yeah, <laughs> but spite though. <laughs> spite is the fuel that keeps the the fires That's of right. Drew burning That's right. bright. That's right. That's why I get out of bed in the morning. <laughs> okay, Jay's question for you, Drew. The answer you, is spite. Now go. <laughs> do you agree with my fan theory that Ghost occurred? The movie Ghost, yes, starring oh, Patrick oh, Swayze, we, we know more Whoopi Goldberg. We know Ghost. Um. That ghost occurs in the same universe as DC. Clayface is the true killer of Sam Wheat. He has infiltrated Sam and Molly's apartment, stole the identity of Willie Lopez to make sure Sam was Whoa. out of the way, and he can hurt Molly if not. And he can hurt Molly if not. Why not? If you don't believe in his uh, theory, why don't you believe in his theory? No, no, I can't. I can't get behind that, unfortunately. But how great would it be if, like? After the movie in a post credit scene. Like the spec Sam, Sam becomes, becomes the, specter. the specter. 
Yeah, or he's like confronted <laughs> by the phantom stranger. That could be cool. Um, he just becomes dead man. <laughs> no, because dead man's a specific dude. It's not like fair a enough. Fair enough. Uh, no, th- you know why? Because there's not enough murder and death in Ghost. There's too much color. There's and there's too much color. Yes, that's you. Ex- you said you were going to try this weekend and see Wonder Woman. Were you successful? I was not. Okay. Uh, our weekend was a little crazy. Um, it did not work out where that could happen. All right. So, yeah, but it's still, I still intend on seeing it. So maybe this coming weekend, cool. if we can, uh, yeah, let schedules be our schedules. It's, it's been crazy, man. Like, wife's been super busy with the rescue and all that, animal rescue, and this, she had to go watch her, uh, her brother-in-law, or her brother, my brother-in-law, uh, they're out of town, so she had to go watch their dogs for a little bit, and, nah. you know, just madness. Yeah. Okay, so, so you're saying no, you don't agree with Jay's. I'm sorry, I theory. can't get behind that, no. Okay. All right, question for me. What father-son combo would you prefer to wind up like with your son? Mm. Does he have a list here? Yes, he does. Go on. (laughs) None of these are good. Um, Batman and Damien. Alex J. Murphy and Jimmy Murphy. (laughs) His name is Jimmy? (laughs) I don't know. Jack and Matt Murdock. Hulk and Nick Hogan. Martin... Sean Brody, Martin and Michael Brody. Um, mm, geez, I'm gonna have to go with Batman and Damien because the rest of these, um, all the rest of these either have one or the other, either maimed, murdered, or have a sex tape released of them. So I'm just, yeah, we'll go with Batman, Damien. In fairness, if in that case he can come back with the Lazarus Pit, so yeah, you know, I mean, you know, I'm freaking rich. That too. So, that yeah, too. We got a sponsor. You're me. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Jay, thank you very much for your question. Now on to Mr. Alan Waiters. Hello, Carl and Drew. How is your summer going? Mine is going very well since I'm on vacation. Shut up, Alan. I was going to You're a teacher. We know. Yeah. <laughs> You're a teacher. Enjoy your time off. Well, we're working yeah boo anyway go on (laughs) hey alan you know what we're gonna do tonight kiss our wives oh dude well if he's gonna get aggressive about being on vacation then you know he's gonna punch he's gotta get ready to get punched back actually never mind (laughs) i got nothing i got nothing carl and drew the snes classic was finally revealed. It was. You were jumping the gun on the news this week, but yeah, go ahead. Yes, he always jumps the gun on the news. It's okay. Maybe we should put the news before the reader feedback. No, no, no. He'll, <laughs> he just learn. He just needs to learn how to do it right. That's okay. Uh, do you think games like Pilot Wings, SimCity, and Final Fright and Act Razor were excluded because they have not aged well, or because they went with games that people would recognize instantly? I think a lot of this we're going to handle yeah, in the news. We are. Um, I will say though, like a lot of people are saying Pilot Wings. Pilot Wings wasn't that great a game. It was, it was a great game. It's a it fantastic was, game. It's a tech demo. No, no, no. It was a fantastic game. Yeah. Especially if you uh, finished all your, if you if you aced all the courses and you unlocked the helicopter, you get the bomb stuff. Great game. It's like look what we can do with mode seven scaling. It's, it's a fun game. It's it a good game. Yeah, you know what couldn't do that though? Genesis. So yeah, they have blast processing. It does. That wasn't the thing. <laughs> Carl. Are you glad Venom is not part of the Marvel Cinematic Universe? 
Or would you like to see Venom in the MCU if done properly? Um, yeah, I'm glad that the Sony stuff is not connected to the Marvel stuff. Oh, we're gonna. Uh, I got. I got a take on that too. I don't. I don't think Sony should be doing a Venom film. I don't think Sony should be do, trying to do like a Black Hat Silver Sable film. I think if Sony was smart and they wanted, if they wanted to build a Spider Verse, they would just do it with Miles Morales, build up that. Uh, story tell that story just let marvel do the peter parker story i think uh doing the miles morales story gives you an opportunity to do a different take a different spin on the character for you know some obvious reasons others not so obvious but i think it frees you up from a lot of the shackles of what a what you've done before and b what audience expectations would be but then they'll miss out on that sweet sweet venom nostalgia money Okay, Drew. <laughs> yeah, I got you there. Go on. No, I just... You know I'm right, unfortunately. That's that's the whole decision-making process. What can you, we milk for do profit? Do you seriously think, though, that, like... Because we've discussed how there are those characters that kind of transcend... Venom transcend. Com- but does he still? He yeah. did. There's yeah. no argument that he did, nah, but he, does he still? He's got, I don't think... I don't think... It, he may still, but I don't think on the level that you're anticipating. He's not on the level of, of like, Spider-Man, but he's... No, no, I'm talking about those characters that, like, general public get, like... Deadpool, Harley Quinn, Spider-Gwen. Question for you. Okay, hang on. Who was Deadpool before Deadpool came out? Nobody. He was known to comic people, and that was it. No, nah, like non-comic no. people knew. No, they didn't. Yeah, I, they no, did. they did not. That's that's ridiculous. No, Deadpool was made by that movie. Now he's got the recognition. His star was rising, but now he's omnipresent. Venom was already omnipresent before. He's got it. It's it's receded in recent years, but believe me, they throw Venom out there. Pe- people know Venom. Okay, your question from Alan. Drew, as we know, WWE's ratings have gone down the toilet. They have. As a wrestling aficionado, what is the Ooh. most important thing to do to fix this problem? <laughs> Develop characters with better storylines, cut down the time, or let them wrestle? Also, can Lucha, Lucha Libre get some love as cheesy as it is better than most shows? Oh, Lucha Underground? Lucha, Lucha Underground is a fantastic show. Um, what can they do? This is a whole show. I could talk about what they need to do. Um, TV ratings aren't the end-all, be-all, because I think TV ratings for everything across the board are going down. We have too many channels, too many options, and too many ways to consume content nowadays, television being one of them. A lot of households, I think young people, don't care about television. They have their phones. They got the internet. TVs aren't, they're just not the end-all, be-all anymore. You can get content anywhere. But WWE's problems are deeper than just declining TV ratings because of, you know, technology. Their 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 problems are, like, ingrained in their culture and what they've become. And, uh, like, how do they fix it? <sighs> For starters, I mean, get Raw down to two hours instead of three, and number one. Uh, stop overexposing everyone fire every writer you have stop pandering to to whoever you're pan i I don't even know who raw panders to anymore to be honest with you stop the shenanigans start making long-term plans for people execute those plans don't don't as the reports say uh try and create air quotes moments actually start plotting things and and making plots work and doing consistent characterizations and writing make matches matter make your titles matter Make yourself, you know, presentable. 
Because ultimately, if nothing matters on your shows, why am I watching it? Nothing has stakes, nothing has consequence, nothing matters. So if nothing matters, I don't want to watch it. I mean, that's that's really like from a philosophical level, that's, that's one way they could go to fix it. Um, ultimately, the only real fix is going to come once Vince McMahon either gives up control of the company or dies. <laughs> thereby giving up same. control of the company. Yeah, everything stops with Vince. And I don't know... You know, I'm not saying that he's a maniacal, well, he is a maniacal lunatic, but I don't know that he cares about the things I just talked about. I just think he's running the ship the way he thinks it needs to be run, and he doesn't understand that it's not the way it needs to be run now in 2017. Who's so, in line to take over after rent? Probably Stephanie. Could be Shane, though. We don't know behind the scenes. Um, Stephanie has an actual role in the corporate structure of the company. Shane McMahon is an on-screen character. That's all he is. He is not uh, involved in the company proper. But when you know when Vince dies, uh, you know in his will, if all his stock goes to Shane, Shane is therefore the, the big chief. Um, I, I don't know. I really don't know how that shakes out. But I would assume Stephanie and Triple H take over. Triple H's vision of wrestling is much better than than Vince's. Um, but yeah, WWE is in a, in a bad place. I was talking about this today with some friends, dude. And it's like, if, if you were to ask me and I'm biased, but I still feel there's some, there's a, there's a, there's just something happening right now. If you were to ask me like, what's the story of wrestling in 2017 so far? I would say WWE is deflating slowly like one of the like like one of those silver balloons you get for your kid those novelty balloons you know you know what I mean? yeah yeah and then over a period of time they yep. just start to slowly sink a little bit it's real subtle yep oh yeah that's happening but what they don't even realize is the wrestling world isn't really talking about them anymore they're talking about the indies air quotes and i think more notably than that they're talking about new japan and that is timing out with, a, I mean, there's a lot of reasons why that is. Number one, the product is way better. The work is way better. The matches are better. But, you know, it's also corresponding with the fact that they have a Gaijin in a top spot putting on two of the best matches in history with Kenny Omega. So it appears to, it appeals to Westerners right now because there's a Westerner in that spot. But they're profile is rising. And I'm not saying they're ever, ever going to be at the level of WWE. WWE has a global reach and they are the biggest stage there is they have the brand name recognition they've got history they got 30 years of of being the big guy to fall back on they're never just going to go up in flames but they're they're getting they're they're slowly losing their luster and i think at some point maybe sooner than later it's going to get their luster will be lost and someone else will be there with a hot new toy to kind of step in and it and snatch it from them, and they won't even see it coming. I don't know that they're ever going to be bigger than the WWE, but something else is going to kind of take hold. I think it already is taking hold, and WWE doesn't even realize it. They're just kind of seed. They're just kind of letting it happen. Either they don't understand or know, or they have no answers for it. I don't know. That's just how it feels to me right now. It just feels like one's on the way down, one's on the way up. Something's going to change. I don't know what, but something's going to change. That's what I think. That's what I think, anyway. Yeah. Can they fix it? No. No, I don't think they can. 
not without major, major, major changes to their product. And I think as a company, they they aren't willing to do it or they can't do it because of what their what their company effectively is now. I don't I don't think that they can. Alrighty, there you go. My thoughts on the wrestling business right now. <laughs> that wraps up our cross examination for this week, and which we move on to news of the week and the case files. <sighs> you know. <sighs> Things happen when we it's, shut it's off the recorder. It's freaking frustrating. <laughs> we started doing this show on Friday night. We'd, I'd show up. We'd do a show. We'd hang out. We'd play some games. And then a couple months in, I was like, you know what? We want to make sure for our listeners, we have the most up-to-date news information and giving our takes on it and whatnot. And, and so we switched to recording on Tuesday night. Somebody must have told Hollywood, and Hollywood must hate us. Because, well, yeah, did you hear what I said about Steven Summers? <laughs> because last week, after we got literally an hour, within an hour after we got done recording. Less ma- than that. We, we stopped, you checked your phone, and there it was. Yeah, major news story hits. Which would have been the story of the week had not less than twenty four hours later another major news story hits. Well, let's we got to go one so, at a time here. You've obviously heard all the takes, but now you're going to hear our takes because you love us and and <laughs> That's what you, you come to the show for. Yeah. So last week, again, immediate almost immediately after we stopped recording, it was announced that a Watchmen series is in development. Now, as soon as you hear that. Many of you probably liked you would, you know, roll your eyes and and be kind of wondering why. But then you hear it's in development at HBO. I have reservations. HBO Go on. Known. Can I at least get yes, through you can. Yes, you can. before you start? So HBO, known for very high quality programming, original programming. We're not going to blame them, you know, for Transformers or whatnot. Um. So you hear that, but then it was announced that uh, David Lindelof would be showrunner. This, as I've noticed, have kind of has kind of split fan community opinions in half. Um, a lot of people think he's he redeemed himself in a lot of ways with his last show on HBO, Leftovers. But some others have some differing opinions. You being one of them. That's sir. right, sir. Hey, if, uh, like you're not going to find. Well, you will. But I'm a big, as you may know, a big Watchmen guy. Okay, love it to death. I own several versions of it. I own the Absolute Edition, which is great. I have two paperback copies. One that's one's my loner. One's my reader. I've got the, the I have the I have the RPG books, which are the only outside official. I mean, air quotes official material outside of the original book uh that was like sanctioned by alan moore and dave gibbons i've got that stuff i've got making of the movie i've got making of the comic i've got i'm a watchman guy okay yep and hearing it like oh it's gonna be an eight twelve you know they haven't said how many parts it's gonna be but you know i'm just gonna ballpark the 12 part you know our episode an issue format makes sense right Hey, cool! They should have did that. What they should have did that before, before they made the movie. That's what everyone kind of was asking for then. So on the surface, I'm. It's like, yeah, Lindelof, though. Well, it's twofold. One, I think the appeal of Watchmen is starting to diminish. Um, 
uh, and I hate I say that reluctantly, but not so reluctantly. I think that it's it's been strip mined uh, by other people, and elements of it have been put into other form and other stories to the point of kind of you know exhaustion almost. So its original impact is sort of deadened a little because it's been aped so many times. That that hurts me, like because it's such a great piece, and I think it's a as, as it stands, it's still fantastic. But I think it, as a as a thing, people might be a little burned out or let down by what it really is. But anyway, Lindelof, the big sticking point is Lindelof. I heard the leftovers was good, and you know what? If it if it is great, I haven't seen it, but I watched Lost, dude. <laughs> I watched Lost. That was a show he ran. Screw him. It's not just Lost that you have a sticking point with. Oh, yeah. Then there's that little movie called Prometheus that, you know, everyone was a complete moron in, and he wrote that, too. Granted, he could, he could always pawn that off on Ridley Scott, and, you know, based on what I've heard about uh, the the Covenant movie, I didn't see it, the, the new Alien, Alien Covenant, then maybe Ridley's more to blame. But you know what? Your name's on it, too, pal. So you're two for two with with the with the letdown factor and the and the everyone acting stupid and the the big mystery that we're not going to answer and solve. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if I want you in charge of my Watchmen adaptation, buddy. Well, having said that, sorry, I don't even interrupt. No, no, go ahead. I've also seen the movie that they did make, where Zack Snyder was slavish to the visuals, which visually. Hey, good. good job. It was off the but break. he also missed all of the nuance of the actual tone and meaning behind the words and the story. And he just focused on the graphic aspects, the violence, and the visuals. So maybe a, may, you know, maybe a more nuanced, fresh look at it is a good idea. Maybe we don't need to be slavishly devoted to the source material. Just... I don't know. I don't really know what I want anymore, and I think I'm at the point where I'm kind of like with Alan Moore, which is saying a lot because I'm not the biggest Alan Moore fan personally, but the work stands for itself. Watchmen is perfect as it is, as a as a comic book. Yeah. I, I don't need it adapted. It's perfect as it is. That's how it was intended to be, and as and as it is, it's basically perfect. Like it's a it's a comic. It's a brilliant comic book about comic books and about the history of comic books in a way. And it's also got, you know, the weight of the world and all that stuff in it as well. So it doesn't need to be adapted. But if you're going to adapt it, maybe at least try and, I don't know, maybe I'm at a point where I'm like, you know what, if you're going to do it, maybe try and find a new relevant angle to it and do that and do it well. Keep it, keep the tone true, keep the intent true, but you don't necessarily need to be slavishly devoted to the book, I think. I don't know. I'm... I'm I'm, a, I'm very I'm of many many minds about this, but Lindelof doesn't instill me with hope. So, yeah, there you go. All right, um, I I'm hopeful. Um, I don't. I enjoyed the movie. Now, granted, I had not read the book up until about a week before I saw the movie. Mm. So I read the book. I haven't done the multi. I've read it like two or three times. I haven't done the multiple readings, obviously, that you have. Um, I like the change that Snyder made to the ending. A lot of people do. It wasn't because... Without spoiling it, yeah. I don't think the squid would play. 
play. I think it would. I, I think it would. It would have to be totally. Here's why I didn't hear. Okay, the the concept that they I, did in the movie uh, is okay, but they sanitized it. It's it's what not I mean so by much that. that. It was you kind of needed a little more reason for Doctor Manhattan to leave, and this provided that. It provided a. Yeah, I just think if they tried to do the squid, it would, it's something that works on paper, but I don't think would necessarily work in a film format. I think it could, but you'd have to be very, very, very graphic with it. And I think the movie was scared. For all the things the movie did show, somehow they shied away from like the most gratuitously bloody, grotesque, messed up stuff in the book. Yeah. Snyder, bro! <laughs> Blood, bro! <laughs> you didn't show it? Get soft, bro. Soft. <laughs> was Watchmen was after three hundred, right? Yes. The movie. Correct. Yep. Yeah. Well, maybe it's just hard to show him blood. <laughs> Showed a lot of blood in three hundred. No. <laughs> this is Zack Snyder we're talking about. Come on now. No, I'm I'm hopeful for it. It's not the property that would have been my first choice for HBO to adapt. My first choice would be Saga. Oh, I loved seeing HBO oh, take a run in Saga. Someone, I don't know what the budget would be on that show though. Oh yeah, my god, that would. But that that's a good idea though. Yeah, the only the only there's three networks that I would be confident in doing Saga, and in order from most confident to least confident. Okay, HBO. Yeah, AMC. FX. I feel like it's got to be on HBO or Showtime or something. Just it's for gotta, just because of pure budgetary reasons. Yeah, yeah. I, I just AMC or FX are going to have to. You're going to have to cut a lot of the language in the in the in the, the, in the visuals. In the visuals. Yeah. I, I think the brilliance of Saga is just how true it feels. Yeah. And dulling that edge is is not. It's got to be all. It's got to be all in. Yep. So, anyway, so yeah, there was that news, which would have been the big news of the week. It's a pretty big deal, Watchmen TV show. But less than 24 hours later, something dropped that. Totally ate its lunch. <laughs> it was announced on Wednesday of last week, Wednesday or Thursday, uh, that directors Miller and Lord were leaving the Star Wars Han Solo film. <sighs> then it was announced shortly later, the old caveat came up, creative differences, and it's pretty much been all been confirmed that they were fired. Uh, Disney did not. Disney and Kathleen Kennedy, who I know they're big corporations and executive producers all right now, but Kathleen Kennedy knows her stuff. If they didn't like the way it was going and they didn't say uh, it was Star Wars, then I trust them. So, yeah, they were fired. And then after a very short period of time, they they brought in this this director a couple, I don't know, he's kind of out there in the indie circuit and whatnot, and he's done some things and got a little bit of, got a little bit of juice. Uh, they got Ron Howard to direct Star Wars. They did. The, and, who who starred in George Lucas's first movie? By the yes, way. And his second movie, American Graffiti, THX one one three. That was, was his. That's right. I'm sorry. Yep. Either way, it's a fun little connection there. Yeah. So, um, yeah. Dude, the... And this is not like what happened with, like, Josh Trank with Rogue One when they were months before production and... No, no, they were in the thick of filming. 
Like they were. Yeah, they were. This was almost in the I can. Think, I think they're more than halfway. I don't think yeah. it's almost in the can, but they're definitely past the halfway point. Yeah. Of, and I guess that Disney, um, again, being being Disney, and and this is one of those instances where that's a good thing. They they have a vision for what they want done. Um, I get from what I understand, they did it with Force Awakens, and they did it with Rogue One, where they kind of take like a little break from filming just to kind of evaluate where they're at, make sure everything's going good. And apparently they didn't like what they saw. Well, I'm, with 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 Force Awakens though, it, JJ, it was JJ show, and he he did he did the job. He delivered. He delivered. Uh, and and with without incident. Rogue One, yeah, those reshoot, the reshoot stuff, and and there was, yeah. it's basically kind of come out that uh, the director. I'm sorry, right? Was it Ryan? Johnson? No, Ryan Johnson's. He's Last doing Jedi. Last Jedi. I'm sorry. Uh, um, I forget the guy's name. He did Godzilla. Yes, uh, I feel bad. I don't know his name. I'll look it up. However, uh, yeah, I guess he didn't really direct the reshoots, so they had someone else kind of step in, but he was gracious enough to kind of let that happen, so they let him keep his name as attached as director of the film. And now they kick off two other directors. I feel like Lucasfilm, we, we got to... You're getting a little reputation here for Gareth Edwards. Gareth, that's I'm, I'm sorry for forgetting his name. Um, I like Godzilla and I like Rogue One. Yeah. Um, Disney, what what what's going on over there? I'm okay with it. Look, I'm from okay. by, by, by all like accounts, if, if here's the thing: Force Awakens and Rogue One were terrible movies. No, they weren't. No, they were not. No, but then but my, 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 it would be a different story. That's fine. But the thing is, is like you're like by all accounts. By the way, for the Sound Solo flick, apparently what they were delivering was like straight up comedy, comedy. like Ace Ventura, yeah, Pet Detective. I don't comedy. Want. Star Wars. That's ridiculous. Should have funny moments, but are not comedies, right? Not to mention, I guess, like the way they wanted him to the actor to play Han. They wanted to. They wanted him to play. I think they even said like Ace Ventura. Like when? The, when did Han Solo yeah. become a comedic character? When, when did this happen? Yeah. No. 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 Um, but my point beat my, my, my point. My when point, did Han Solo ever talk to Chewbacca with his butt? Uh, wow. Wow. He just pictured there it. There is a visual that <laughs> I never wanted, but there it now, is. All right. Here's, here's the idea of visual. Now picture Han Solo talking to Chewbacca with his butt. But picture him talking to Chewbacca like Harrison Ford would talk about his butt. <laughs> oh God. Or, or, or picturing him uh, escaping naked out of the butt of a bantha. Can I hot in those banthas? There you go. There's a vision for you. Okay, now maybe that we're talking about. <laughs> so, all right, but here's the thing. This is like two movies in a row where, you know, I got an idea. Disney, screen these people better. You hired them. Did this not come up in the, in the meeting? Like, hey, what kind of movie are you guys going to make? And if they if they say a screwball comedy, you don't hire them. Yeah, but Drew, how many have you always answered every question in a job interview with a hundred percent honesty? Yes, as honest as I can be. I might. No, and, yeah, and I'm, therein I'm lies that was Susie I'm said. Honest. I might. No, no, I'm honest. I but, would never lie yeah. about my intentions. I don't. Because that, that's that's what this is what yeah. happens when you do that. This is this is one of those things where like p- 
people can cry foul about how Lord Miller were treated and whatnot. And these guys, listen, these guys did the Lego movie. These guys, I think they did the Batman Lego movie. They're not nobodies, man. Yeah, they're going to land on their feet. That's fine, but I feel like... Disney is one of the few companies with the Marvel property and with the Star Wars property in the cinematic aspect... I have total confidence. Okay. So just, if they're saying, you know, this isn't working, we're going to move on, I'm like, okay, great. All right. Because you've shown me that you know what your vision is, you know what you want it to be, and you you get, you know, you get what you want out there. And it's been good. It's been good so, so far. I guess, you know what, the other thing that this has kind of, like, taught me, though, or remind, reminded me of? Boy. I wasn't really on board with this Han Solo movie idea, and after all this, I'm still not. <laughs> I just, you know, I know. I still have that kind of feeling. Like, do we really need this? Is do we need this movie? I'm looking more forward to Lando and the. Aren't Han we all? Movie <laughs> Aren't than we I all? Am the actual. Han I think Solo. we all are. Um, no, I mean. But at the same time, we kind of had the same reactions to Rogue One. Like, do we need to know what the story is? And then Rogue One came out, and we're like, not only do we need to know what the story is, but it's... At least with that, like, it it happened off to the side. This is recasting Harrison Ford. You know, like, you you got a principle here. That's where it gets a little, like, okay, I guess. You know what? Tell me a good story, and I'll forgive you some sense. That's that's totally fair. I totally understand. And but they, how do you they feel? Want to say we want to tell a young Han Solo story. I'm like, okay, if they if they said we're starting a whole new spinoff franchise featuring young Han Solo, I'd probably be like, ah, this is not what we need. But these legacy films are one shot deals. Okay, fair. And enough. so, tell me a good story. How how good do you feel if you're Ron Howard right now? If if it if it's bad, you can pawn it off on the other guys. If yeah, you're it's playing good, with house money. If it's good, you're like, I saved it. <laughs> Bow down to Opie. You're you're playing with house money. He's Opie, right? Yeah, he's yeah, Opie. Too. He's Opie. Okay. Richie Cunningham is your god now. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm really interested to see what he's gonna do with it. Cause like, I mean, his record isn't spotless. No. That's, but Eight times out of ten, you're going to get a really good movie from Ron Howard. I don't know if it's a coincidence, but I'm going to say that it wasn't. Once that news came out, all the all the movie networks on on HBO HBO and Showtime they're showing Ron Howard movies like <laughs> like you would not believe. Like every night, like Cocoon was on the other night. I'm like, Cocoon. oh my god, oh man. Can we get Wilford Brimley in the Star Wars movie? Can we can we make that happen? He's still alive, isn't he? Define alive. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> fair enough. He's essentially a Muppet with a pulse right now. Oh. I'm sorry. It's age, man. It happens to all of us. Yeah, it does. All right. So, yeah. That was a pretty big deal. Yeah, that was uh, that was pretty big. That that broke the internet for a day or so. It did. It really did. Um, okay, last bit of news. As mentioned by Mr. Alan Waiters, the most non-surprising, oh, yeah. we all saw it coming, but still happy that it's happening. Sure. News was announced earlier this week. Nintendo following up on their success with the Nintendo Entertainment System Classic is going to bring out in September a Super Nintendo Entertainment System Classic. That's right. Now, Nintendo has not officially confirmed 
the list of games. Oh yeah, yet. they have. Yeah, they have. But they're on the box. The the full list, yeah. the full twenty one. Yep. Was games. the one that was in the Kotaku article that I sent to you? I'll bring it up. Bring it up. Yeah, it's, but, all, it's um, all confirmed. While I'm bringing that up, so it is going to be eighty dollars. Eighty dollars. Twenty dollars more expensive than this classic. But to be fair... It's the Super, though, and they get two controllers this time. Well, I don't think you can really make an argument for it's the Super. I can. Like, you can't make an argument for, oh, you're getting more power, so we're going to raise the price. I think You're not necessarily I getting more power, but you're price, getting more content by, by a lot. Well, there's less total number of games, That's, isn't there? There's less total number of games, but among, read those games off, and I'll tell you where that money's going. I'll tell you where that content's coming from. No, no, from. I, I get what you're saying. Um, but you're also getting a second controller. Yes, which, Which is, is not nothing. Definitely, definitely welcome. Especially since they're including a fighting game on there. Yes. So, okay, here is the list that Kotaku put out. Uh, Contra 3 Alien Wars. Yes. Donkey Kong Country. Yes. Earthbound. Yes. Final Fantasy 3. Yes. F-Zero. Oh. Kirby Superstar. Okay, now I'm a little tepid. Kirby's Dream Course. Now I'm definitely a little tepid. Legend of Zelda yes! Link to the Past. Mega Man X. Give it to me now. Secret of Mana. <gasps> Carl, my heart just stopped. Ah, oh, there it goes. Yes! <laughs> Secret S- of Mana, dude. Star Fox. Yes. Star Fox 2. Never before released. Star Probably Fox 2. Terrible. No. I yeah, know, I'm just trolling you. Street Fighter 2 Turbo Hyper Fighting. Yes! There you go. That's what I wanted. But you're going to be mad when I tell you what Japan's getting instead. But go on. I'll tell you in a minute. Um, Super Castlevania 4. Okay. Super Ghouls and Ghosts. Okay. In case you want to remember what hate feels That's like. That's the, oh yeah. Oh yeah. Super Mario Kart. The OG granddaddy of them all. Can't wait for that battle mode. Yes. Super Mario RPG Legend of the Seven Stars. Yes! That's huge, dude. That's huge. Super Mario World. Classic to this day. Gave us Yoshi. Super Metroid. Do I do I even need to yeah, no. You know, you we know. know. We know. You know. Super Punch Out. See? Again, <laughs> that one I'm a little eh. Okay, so that's that's the list is reported by Kotaku. Yes, so is that the, is that is the official that, list of games. Okay, Japan's getting Super Street Fighter Two, by the way, not just Turbo. I'm okay with that. You, really? Like seriously, if it's, I was going to pick, because the best version of Super Street Fighter Two is Super Street Fighter Two Turbo. That's the best version of that particular iteration. But if you if you told me that I had to pick a Street Fighter game that was on SNES to go on SNES Classic, I would have picked Turbo Hyper Fighting. Over Super? Yes. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. I thought you might want those four extra characters and stuff. No, no. I'm good. Okay. It's not that I don't like those characters or anything. I just, for me, that was the, the best version of Street Fighter on the SNES. All right. Fair enough. Yeah. Dude. So... Yeah. Final Fantasy, Earthbound, Mario RPG, Secret of Mana. That those are four of the best. Not only are the four of the best games on the SNES, but those are long games. That is a that is mega 
content. This is very RPG friendly. It, Super Nintendo was an RPG m- machine, dude. It was a golden era of RPGs on the S- on the Super Nintendo. Was Final Fantasy on the NES Classic? Yes, it was. Is is it worth? No, playing? no, no. I think there needs to be some level of visual polish and enjoyment from an RPG, at least to get me to play it. And I never saw that from Final Fantasy on NES. NES, no, no. Yeah. Super Nintendo though. Final Fantasy three oh, or yeah. six, as you yeah, want to call it. Yeah, I, I had friends who played it. I'm sorry, seven fans, but uh, this is the true best Final Fantasy. I like eight the best. Get out of this room. Are you with eight? Simply oh. stating an opinion. Oh, oh, it's a horrible take. I like it the best. It's fine. It's fine. <laughs> Apparently it's not, because you're <laughs> <telling> <laughs> kick, kicking me out of your damn house because I stated an opinion. <laughs> At least you didn't say ten, because then I'd be really mad. Anyway, uh, no. Yeah, thank you for that. No. Thank you. Yes. Um, Secret of Man. Secret of Man. Dude, Secret of Mana. That's like one of my favorite games that was such a great game um action rpg good yep. story just cool characters cool locations lots of weapons oh good yeah. game i was surprised by two things mortal kombat 2 not making cut surprised me okay. and we'll talk about it. okay and general lack of beat-em-ups yeah yeah no oh, well. final fight no ninja turtles no no turtles yeah i, I would assume licensing would be an issue with the turtles and Whatnot. Yeah, but you get, you're playing nice with Capcom because you got Street Fighter on here. Nintendo and Capcom are probably on better terms, I would think. Um, then again, Konami makes Castlevania, so I, who knows? Dude, you know what? I, I honestly I have no idea how those deals are made. Mortal Kombat not being included, I can see. Uh, from a, you know, this is a stocking stuffer kind of kind of item, you know? Yeah. For the kids. I mean, yeah, I don't it's think more it's for the adults, for yeah. but still... Uh, I, I I wouldn't I wouldn't I don't think Nintendo would put that kind of game on on this little on this kind of package. Okay, I can yeah I can see that. I mean, dude, as, as a Mortal Kombat guy, I I would love it to be included, but yeah. I understand why it's not. Uh, yeah, I'm I'm okay with this. It's, yeah. I'm very okay uh, with this. Contra Three is probably the best Contra game e- console release. You're gonna that you're gonna offend someone with that take, but I won't. I won't argue with you because I love Contra Three. <laughs> yeah. Dual wielding. Yeah, you can do the pose. Yeah, the <laughs> pose with the plane flying overhead right. with the flames on the ground. That's right, dude. That game's legit. Yep. Turtle boss. Yeah, turtle <laughs> boss. It goes into like just spastic humping when you beat it. <laughs> That's right. He does. He's like, oh, I gotta hump the ground. He does. Uh, um. There's some omissions. There's, yeah, there's some stuff I would have thought would have made it above, like, you know. A lot of people crying about uh, Chrono Trigger. I could see that. I got a hot take for you. Ready? Got, you got your flame flame retardant suit on? Okay, go ahead. Chrono Trigger is overrated. I said it. I don't care. I never played it. Okay. I don't know. Well, I didn't get into RPGs until PlayStation. Fair enough. Final Fantasy VII was my first RPG. We probably lost some subscribers with that take, but I don't care. <laughs> I stand by it. Um, two Kirby games. Yeah, that's a sticking point. I, give me one, but not both. I would almost argue you don't really need one. Like, yeah, yeah Kirby is yeah. part of that Nintendo original character 
pantheon, but but he's a B lister. He's not an A lister. You know yeah. what I mean? He's, he's, I almost say he's like a C lister. Mm. Well, you got your A tier: Mario, Zelda, Metroid. That's your A tier. Is Metroid really in the A tier? I think so. Yes. Uh, if you were to be honest about it, they don't treat it like an A tier. But when they do, well, the thing is though, when they do put out a Metroid game, it's it's a big deal. So yeah, it's yeah, that's A tier. Samus is A tier. Kirby, he's not on that level. He's a step below. Kirby's down here. I would put Mario Link A tier. Sure. Samus, Donkey Kong. Uh, yeah, B tier. Sure, okay. Then Kirby and everyone Your else. Donkey Kong point makes me... Okay. Yeah, Donkey Kong's your B. Yeah, okay, Kirby can be C. That's... Sure. All right, yeah. I'll, 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 I'll let it go. Yeah. Then like Oh, the, God, where does Kid Icarus rank on that? <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> oh, oh, God. You say Q tier? Oh, poor Pitt. Right next to Captain Falcon? Poor Pitt. Hey... Well, yeah, Captain Falcon doesn't get much love so, anymore. But the uh, the big news of this is is the Star Fox 2. Yeah. yeah having yeah. never been released before. Never released. Uh, they scrapped so, it because uh, at the time that it was completed and almost almost ready to come out, the PlayStation and the Saturn were already out doing 3D graphics. Nintendo so felt... dated. They, they didn't want it to come out at that time and look dated at the time and have poor comparisons drawn between the consoles. Because they were... So, so they scrapped How it. How come they didn't just like do that Nintendo thing where there's a game that's about to come out at the end of a life cycle and have it be one of the launch games for the N64? The N64's architecture was so different than the okay. Super Nintendo's. There's that just wasn't a possibility. All right. Um the Super but to be fair, I don't know how much of Star Fox 2 went into it, but N64 did get Star Fox 64, which is arguably still the best Star Fox yeah. game available. So, yep. yeah, we're going to see what Star Fox 2 is all about. I think with with uh, it's been long enough now where when you place it next to one on this presentation, it'll it'll make sense. Yeah. And we, we, don't, we won't judge it against the PlayStation game or something. So the, the Super NES has also reportedly corrected one of the main gripes about the NES Classic, kind of. Longer controller cords. By two feet. Two feet goes. That's. It's not bad, man. About two feet. You're okay. So I'm not sitting as close to the front of the television as I was, as I was with the NES class. They're not going to give you wireless controllers for. I'm that, not that asking price for point. wireless controllers. I'm asking for like minimum eight feet cords. Yeah. I, Under, understand. What, I hear you. Understand oh, what the modern gaming living room is now. As one of the seven owners of an NES Classic, uh, I can tell you that that yeah, controller I've cord played is that NES Classic. <laughs> Sat like two feet from your television. <laughs> it's like playing Mario on IMAX. Kind of. <laughs> but that's not a good thing, especially not, for your eyes. No, no. Yeah, so, yeah. I coming know. out in September. Um, I'm looking forward to it. Can't wait. If I can get one, that is. They said they, said they are going to make more of them than they did the NES Classic. Oh, well, that, that'll that So let's nice. hope that that means we can get them. Yeah. So, let's, yeah. let's hope it doesn't mean a ramping down of Switch production. <laughs> no, 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 no. No, they're... They know what they're doing there. Yeah. They the company actually for, put you know in Japan when when a company puts out like a formal apology it's kind of a big deal like it's a admittance like yeah. we're we're fixing they put out a, a written apology in Japan for the the lack of uh, switch availability so I think they're well aware of it and they're on top of it and they're All gonna right. get some consoles out there for you so now with this announcement the uh, the talk has already started of an <laughs> now N sixty four pump 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 the brakes. 10 games, maybe. 
How would you do the controllers? You just do it. Would you, you do never like get you can smaller ne- versions of them? No, no, full scale. But but they're not packing in four of them. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you couldn't. I don't think you can do the N sixty four. It there it didn't have that many great games. Unfortunately, uh, if you could squeeze ten games on it, that I'd be impressed. Yeah, I'd have to really think about them too. So don't ask me to rattle off ten because I can't. But that's <laughs> but that again that says a lot about. The system that yeah. I can't that I can't sit here and battle off ten games that need to be on it. I could do five, six, but Super I'll be Mario sixty four. Here we Goldeneye, are doing it now. Shadows ne- of the Empire. You're never see those games right there. You're never going to get because the I'm, licensing. I'm just preaching here. I know. Goldeneye, I think you would get. No, oh, Goldeneye. No, no. if you can't put no. Goldeneye on, they there, can't. They then, can't. Then you can't. Oh, because Rare did Goldeneye. Rare did. Okay, here's the thing. Rare did. Rare developed it. Bond the Bond license is the Bond license. Yeah. And uh uh EA now owns uh Goldeneye and the Bond license. So it's like EA, Rare, Microsoft is involved somehow. Yeah. It's like it's it's a nightmare, dude. So yeah, I would never you're never gonna see Goldeneye. And if you can't do Goldeneye, then you shouldn't bother doing it at all. Bruh, well yeah. I, I disagree there. That game is not aged well. <laughs> it's not aged well, but the game defined the system. Which is saying something, because the system Did had... It, it was a great game on the system. It wasn't the great game on the system. Define the system? No, Mario 64 defined the system. Ocarina of Time defined the system. Mm. Ocarina Every, Everybody in college was playing... Pa- either, everybody, when I was in college and Nintendo 64 was out, everybody, everybody in the dorms were playing one of two games. Goldeneye... Or like WCW versus NWO, whichever the big yeah game yeah was. yeah you know, that was it. You know what's better than that? WWF No Mercy. Boom. Or it was that one. It was it was yeah, it was yeah. the big wrestling. I'm not disputing that Goldeneye was was not popular. It was very popular, but define the system, dude. Ocarina is a is a ten out of ten game in like every list ever. Like that. It's kind of the N64's heyday right there. I'm not disputing that, but I think if you did a survey and you asked people... All what, the nostalgia goggle kids are going to say Goldeneye. I get that. I right. know. I'm just saying. I know. I know. All right. All right. That does it for the news of the week. Of course, I'm sure until... You know what? I'm just going to check. Shut yeah. I'm going to check right now. I'm going to like go to SuperheroHype.com. Or like, you know, I'm just going to check a couple sites really quickly just to make sure. You know we're going to walk out of the theater tonight and it's going to be, you know, yeah. some, some bombshell is going to come out. Let me just see. Oh, the uh, the the Forces for Destiny trailer dropped. Don't know what that gonna, is, but okay. It was It's the uh, the Star Wars animated series that's going to be on like YouTube and Cartoon Network featuring the female uh, heroes. Okay. Um, yeah, I watched the trailer. It looks good. Cool. Um Marvel and Humans trailer tease debuts. You don't, don't care. care. You don't care. No I one cares. Mostly don't care. Um, I think we're good. We're good. I trust it. All right. Just checking uh, what used to be joystick really quick. Trust your feelings. I think we're good. All right. Lucas thinks we're good. <laughs> Lucas, are we good? Are we? Are we good to... He already gave you his answer. So, <laughs> Nintendo swears the SNES Classic won't sell out so quickly. Okay. <clears throat> I want to believe you. 
prove, 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 <laughs> prove me wrong, kids. Prove, prove yourselves right. Me prove wrong. me wrong. That's right. All right. So that wraps up the case files for this week, which brings us to uh, the rustling of the papers. As we get into this week's episode of Daredevil. Oh, really quick uh, side note. Uh, we didn't do it this week because we're trying to keep the episode tight. It seems every week something like this comes out. We have an excuse for why we don't do it the week it does come out. Part of that excuse is also Drew hasn't read it yet. But uh, Defenders 1. Defenders 1 and Daredevil 22 have come out. Yes. They are both at the top of my read pile. I read them both. And seeing as next week will bring us to a close on Daredevil Season 2, we may want to push off of some of these comic reviews until after, maybe? Yeah, with comic reviews, I kind of want to be as close to release week as possible. Okay, never mind. I'll read them. <laughs> we're already almost a, we're already almost a week old from when we record from when the comic came out. This anyway. is true. So, all right, that 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 smart Tuesday decision we made. <laughs> <laughs> we could do New comic day smart. <laughs> But that's when we give the people the show. I know. I know. You know what, folks? If you want the show completely up to date, released on a Wednesday, tell someone to drive a fat truck of cash up to one of our houses to pay us to do the show, and we'll live stream the show. I'll do the show in your house. Yeah. For, we'll for, come, for we'll, the money. Yeah. <laughs> someone call, you know, Casper and, and you know, whatever. Casper Mattress. <laughs> Books.com, I don't care what. Just Audible. To Audible, tell someone to sponsor us. Blue Apron. We'll, we'll do that then. We'll quit our jobs and, and do that. Sure. All right. Daredevil, episode 12, Dark at the End of the Tunnel. Okay. We are... Almost there. We are uh, beginning the sprint to the end of Daredevil season two with this episode. A lot of stuff happening. A lot of stuff happening. Ele- Electra kind of gets her due in this episode. Gets a gets lot of backstory. Devils do you? Uh, if that helps you, sure. <laughs> um, it, I, the episode opens up with uh, young Electra. Yes, it does. Mini Electra. <laughs> okay. Um. Yeah, doing her training with the stick and whatnot. Yeah. I gotta say. The warning signs were there early. Yeah. <laughs> I have a question that I, same question I asked about Cottonmouth. When we got the episode Luke Cage uh-huh. that flushed out Cottonmouth's background, same, asked that question about Cottonmouth, I'm asking now about Electra. Did she ever have a chance to be a good person? It doesn't no. look like it. No. But. Then again, based on what we've seen, I don't know that she would have been a good person anywhere. Well, you know, she nature had, versus she, nurture. She had the bloodlust in her. Stick just kind of honed it, but even he had to admit, like, yeah, hey, kid, let's let's take it take it down a notch. Dial it down. Let's dial it down a little bit. So. This episode really, I mean, we've had episodes that deal with the stick electro relationship previously, but not to the depth. No, of we this get episode. we get all the details here, and I think it really not only do we learn a lot about Electra's past, we learn that above a lot of preconceptions we may have about Stick, he's got a funny way of showing it, like most dysfunctional fathers do. He 
genuinely cares for Matt and Electra. Because like he's a servant of the cast and we, I think we can generally assume that the guy watching her train with stick is a, probably a ranking officer in the cast. And he orders her Electra, you know, dead, executed. Yeah. And Stick slices his throat. Kills him instead. Yeah. yeah. So we've got this thing that Stick has devoted his life to, or at least the life that we know of, telling him to do one thing, and he acts in complete opposite. I don't dispute that he cares. Because he does, and he's, it's shown. Yeah. But he's also, even his caring is sort of selfishly motivated, though, because he's got the mission and the war and the soldiers he's going to need for it on his mind. So, yeah, he cares, but it's, I, I still feel like the, Matt and Electra are just a means to an end for him. Maybe, but I don't know. I think this is he, just reflective of, of our personalities. You know, you, the pessimist, (laughs) the pessimistic optimist. It's not to say that he, again, it's not to say he doesn't care. Yeah. And he's not, as he tells Matt later in the episode, he's not proud of them. He is. But he's proud of them when they do what he wants them to do (laughs) or live up to their air quotes potential for what he needs them to do when the, when whatever this war or whatever it is comes. And granted, he's right. There is this whole threat looming that everyone's just being dismissive of. And that, you know, but still, you know, you know, he, he cares so insofar as he cares when they listen. <laughs> when they don't listen, he gets mad. So like as most fathers might like, you know, I just want you to be happy and I want you to do your thing and I'll do whatever I can to, to, yeah. to be there for you. Stick is kind of like. I care when you do it what I tell you to do. Do it my way. Yeah. And Stick has a rough go of it this episode. Oh, God, does he? He's got a... He's had a rough day. Yeah. Because he starts the episode fighting with Electra. Yep. And at first, it kind of seems like she's not in his weight class, but then she proves very quickly that he's past the point where he's in her weight class. That's correct. And then he gets taken by the hand and, you know, gets a, gets a little nail job. A little, Dude. A little manicure. Let me tell you what. Those scenes are hard to watch. Yeah. I cringe badly watching them put the bamboo shoots up his fingernails, dude. Ah, God. I was, like, wincing. It takes a lot to get me to, like, to, to feel that. That, that. that got me. That got me bad. Even the thought of it, it's like, oh god, it's stop, stop it! And the noise, uh. and like, oh, noise when they were shoving them in there. Yeah, I know. <laughs> please, 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 stop it! <laughs> Looking like Edward Scissorhands sitting in that chair. Oh god. Um, but so they they kidnap him, but ultimately they want Electra. Yeah, That's, we we learn. And here's where the show deviates from the source material. But not in a, in a couple ways, but not necessarily in a, any deal breaker way. 
we learn that Electra is not only Electra, but she is also the black sky. Yes, the proverbial black sky that the hand wants so very badly. Yeah, so the big, now, the as they say, the living weapon. Yes, where have I heard that before? Uh, not in Iron Fist. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe in the Iron Fist comics. Well, the but comic I, book. I yeah. don't think they said it in the. Oh, they didn't. Oh, that's right. Because they, all they said was Danny Rand. Have you finished yet? No. <laughs> Thanks for reminding me. I actually forgot that I didn't finish it. <laughs> oh God, you're gonna make me finish that, aren't you? Yep. Oh, yep. Um. So yeah, that's one of because I don't believe that's part of. Electra's story in the comics. I know that she's had dealings with the hand and she has worked for the hand. They revived her. Yeah, they revived her, and but she's not, quote-unquote, Black Sky. Now, in Daredevil Season 1, when Matt and Stick went to the the docks and Stick was there to kill that kid, did they refer to the kid as Black Sky? I think they did. Okay. So, I guess they lost that one. Better, so, yeah. Better fall back to Electra. We, we bring back the concept of Black Sky, but still no discussion. We know Black Sky is a weapon. Yeah. We don't know what kind of weapon. Well, and I think we're going to do some finding out in Defenders. Okay. That's probably accurate. Um, again, living weapon. So, I mean, yeah. you know, maybe, maybe there's some... Oh, I'm holding out hope for the... The, the 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 tournament from from Iron Fist comic book. We're not going to get it. But I want my no. fat cobra. Come on. Anyway. Least, you're not going to get at least in defenders. No, I know. Have you heard any announcement of Iron Fist season 2? No. I haven't either. So, that's one way in which they deviate from source material. The second way kind of got on my nerves a little bit. By this episode, first time around and second time around, it seems like they can't decide where to fall on who, what the hand ninjas actually are. Because at first, it seems that they're just people, dudes, guys, ninja guys who are serving the hand. Then we have the scene in the morgue from last week where they're opening them up and they see that they've been all topsied before. Yes. So then you think maybe they're going to the source material where the hand ninjas are essentially ninja zombies. Yes. Now, in this episode, we kind of go back to the idea that they're living people because they're, they're breathing. Let me stop you there. Why not both? Nobu, for instance. Yeah. So they're 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 alive but they've been dead all right feel me they still so like they need yeah. to, they still need to breathe and all that but but they they are resuscitated people okay i can yeah okay i can get behind that or some or, of them are alive and some of them are just could be a mix and match corpses. yeah like Rite of passage, someone. Well, to this die is like in the, the Star Wars the hand. Star Wars stormtrooper argument. Are they all clones or are they conscripts? Or yeah. well, how does this all work exactly? So yeah. I, all right. No, I get you. Okay. Column A, column B. Yeah, yeah. You know. So we we open up with the the fight, and then stick gets taken, and you know Matt to the rescue. Matt to rescue, and then we switch to the opening scene from Usual Suspects. <laughs> On the docks. Ah, yeah. Yeah, post, yeah, yeah. Post explosion. Am I the only one who thought that? Like, I think you are. The second- I, haven't, I haven't seen Usual Suspects in a long time, though. So, oh, 
so good. It's been a while. So good. Remember when Brian Singer had a future? <laughs> it's been a while. You can't you can't say he wasn't successful. He's been with the Michael X-Men. Bay is successful. It doesn't mean what he Not, makes is good. I know. Not as I successful guess, as he was with this weekend's opening. It's lowest he, opening in franchise history. How did China take it? That's all it's going to matter, really. It was number one China, but well, not. Well, then you're getting not, another one. Well, it was number one here, too, but then not. Then you're getting two of them. But not with the numbers that were expected. Diminishing returns is really, you're, thankfully, finally, starting to chip away at the Bay former. You think that's going to stop him? God, he can't be stopped. So. <laughs> it's not a machine. He's a man. That's right. Twisted and evil. So uh, um, they're fishing the bodies out of the, out of the drink. Mahoney's prescribing drugs. Uh, <laughs> Karen, I got I got some gripes with okay, Karen, Karen in this episode. What are you clinging to with this whole Frank situation? That what? Especially after last episode, right? You know that this guy's a lunatic monster yeah and she i i think we see in this episode she finally comes to the point where she gives frank an ultimatum and once again karen you don't quite know how law works you don't quite know how journalism works (laughs) clearly you don't know how frank works what would you say you You do do here (laughs) like she's she's got people skills i guess she's she's just it's just one too many like times where she's she's all emotional over how good Frank is. How many times you had to see this guy like rip a guy's throat out yeah. to know that he ain't that good? No. You know? No. And uh, so we get- she's doing the, she's on the dock and she feels all weird about it. So then she goes to the, the, the bulletin and she's going to quit. But then then not Pil- Ellison, not, Ellison not, not Paul Giamatti, uh, talks her back into the case and working the story. And... And I like her at the bulletin. I like her. Sure. She seems to have better instincts as a reporter than she does as a legal consultant. Sure. That's, yeah. She's she's nosy by nature, so it, it suits her. Uh, but, so she goes to see Clancy Brown. This is, okay, so this is where, I'll, this episode to me, I want, I mean, it's, it's, it's good. It's got a lot of stuff going on, but this episode is like drenched inconvenience okay yeah kind of the second she shows up at the colonel's house you kind of know okay he's gonna be the blacksmith i didn't know necessarily but like she only realizes it when she sees the picture on the wall which he conveniently has on the wall yeah of the guy with the bandages on his face with frank and him and then she has the flashback to the dock where she conveniently remembers the one dead guy with the burn marks on his face. By the way, the boat blew up. 47. Well, he wasn't on the boat when it blew up, though. How do you know? How because does she know that? I don't know how she knew that. She, exactly. That, I know from watching the episode. He wasn't on a boat when it blew up. Fine, but they fished the dude out of the water, and he had half the burn face. And But for all she knew, he was on the boat and got burned up there. No, I, I get that. I don't think it's necessarily like coincidental. It's it's easy. It's easy. It's yeah. I, I mean, it makes little... sense that uh, a guy like the colonel is going to have pictures like that in his house. I that know, makes sense. but then but but then she puts that together. Like, really, that's 
that's a, that's a it's a little bit lazy on the writing department. Yeah. And then and then of course he he knows that she knows how? Oh, because she started a picture for a half half a beat longer. So he pulls the gun on her. Okay, well we're we're doing this now. Fine, it's fine. But again, how did how did he know? I I almost wish that they rushed they this a little bit. They they could have let this breathe. This felt a little bit rushed. I almost wish that they would have saved, kind of just put the blacksmith on the back burner to sure. hold off for hold him for the Punisher series. Maybe, maybe, or something. I, I know what you mean. Or, or they should. They could have gotten to this point sooner, so they could have fleshed this out. Yeah, you know what I mean. Uh, so then, okay. Now she, he, he tells her to get in the car, and they're driving, and he's probably taking her somewhere to get killed. Right? That's my assumption. Yeah. Or whatever. He tells her to pull over, and then, boom, truck hits the car. Right. Yeah. Question for it. it's Frank. We know that. Yeah. Well, we knew was we knew Frank was around as soon as, she, as soon as she turned on the car and the song started playing. Is that how she knew? Yeah. How did how did that work? She she turned on the car. Yeah. And then the song started playing. But why it was would, remember it was the was same. That? It was the same song, the same tape that he was playing in the car when he picked her up from the hotel. Uh, okay, but why didn't? Mm. That was Frank's way of telling her, you're going to be safe, I'm here, okay. without tipping off right. the colonel. I, I guess I got that. They could have made that a little more clear. For all I knew, she left the tape in there. Like, You know? Anyway, I got you. I, all right. No, because they, they establish her driving up to the house with nothing. There's no music or anything uh, being played okay. in the car. All right. That's subtle, but okay. Fair enough. So she wasn't necessarily in on the the, the car getting hit. No. Okay. No, that no. was that was kind of by surprise. Yeah. All right. Well, still convenient that anyway that he knew that. Never mind. I think I think the convenience happens in where the hit took place, and I think Frank is. Oh yeah. Oh, so let's be moving into convenience where the hit took place. Yeah. That shed. Whose shed was that? That was the blacksmith shed. Well, I think you was. I think you established from the the kind of house that the blacksmith has. Yeah, he probably has acres of okay, property. A little estate there. Yeah, so that they're probably still on the property, and you know he has that set up there. Okay. I mean, don't get me wrong; it's not the most clever thing to do, but it's not like. Oh, this is total BS. All right, all right. So Frank takes the blacksmith into the shed. Karen, beside herself, now decides ultimatum time. Yeah. He, yeah. See, even Huey doesn't like this. <laughs> so she says, like, you know, if you do this, now you're a monster. And it's like, you didn't think that before? Yeah, he killed is, we, 39 we, people. Yeah, we, we're way past this point. You're going to give him this ultimatum when he finally has the guy responsible for the death of his family in front of him? Yeah. Karen, no. Yeah, like, come on, man. You're, right now, you're just sounding like the teacher from Charlie Brown to him. Yeah. So he takes him in. He, Clancy Brown thinks he's going to get tortured and, and, you know, all that business. And, you know, no, Frank Frank just decides one shot, one kill, boom. Now I got a problem with this. Here's my problem. As they've already done several times, it's a free-for-all in here. All the dogs are in here now. Sure. Uh, as they've already done a few times with the Punisher this season, as for as good as Burnthal is, 
Huey, be quiet. As good as Bernthal is, um, I have an issue with them trying to like find little ways to tweak him. So they have the bullet to the head. Oh, he might be mentally deranged. He might have, you know, brain damage or whatever. Uh, but now they did. Then they have the blacksmith telling him, "Like I taught you everything you knew." Really? We need this now. We can't just have Frank be Frank and and you know be the killer natural marine that that he was in the comic. No, he was trained by the blacksmith and. He had his bullet to the head, so he might... There's just too many outs for him. Yeah. Let him be. It's, it's kind of the problem they ran it. They always seem to run into in the films, trying to humanize him and give him a sympathetic backstory. This isn't that character. No. This is not the one you do that with. No. The Punisher is the you, Punisher. You sympathize with him on the level that he witnessed the horrible murder of his family, but everything he does beyond that... You don't have sympathy for at that point. No. And like I said, the way you kind of deal with the Punisher is you put him up. The, the way you. The only way to make him sympathetic or the only way to root for him is you put him up against people that are worse than him. That's it. So, like, yeah. that's the kind of character he is. Like, yeah. he's not a good guy. You know, he's not necessarily noble in intention. I mean, he kind in a in a weird way, yeah, but, but we've said this before. You want to make the Punisher sympathetic? Have him go up against really, really heinous and disgusting people yeah. that you want to see get murdered because they're just that bad, and then you put him in the room and have him kill him. Then and that, good. in and of itself, should tell you, when you have to go to that lengths to make the character sympathetic, just just let the character be who he is. Right. Don't worry about the sympathy. So, I sound like I'm griping a lot, but, you know, this episode kind of... Certain parts of it rubbed me the wrong. For all the good things they did with Electra and Stick and Matt, I did not like the Punisher side this week. Um, that just kind of it, it irked me a little. So then, after he kills him, conveniently he finds the the hidden panel. It's a toy box. Yeah. Well, no, the Colonel said, you know, when the Colonel's trying to talk his way out of it, like it's it's a toy, it's a candy store in here. So that kind of tips Frank off to this shed is. I just took that to mean there's a chainsaw, there's a, there's a crowbar, there's some saw, there's some power tools, there's a drill. Colonel's prepared, you know. I'm just saying he finds yeah Frank finds the hidden the hidden wall because of course and you know there's the arsenal and then it's still a great scene. Though. It's a great scene. I just it's again convenient is my good thing he was in there. Good thing he touched that that cabinet just the right way. Yeah, uh, again convenient but not. Beyond the realm of reasonable explanation. Fair enough. So, yeah, let's get back to the part of the episode that we we really liked, which is, again, is the Matt Stick Electra. Matt went in the sewers. As soon as he went in the sewers, I was like, turtles? Are there going to be any turtles down here? Because, you know. Uh, if only can i say by the way it. uh that that the way he got into the sewer that was a, that was a pretty impressive little maneuver to get down there there was no ladder he kind of like Shimmy. shimmied his way down that yeah was, that was i couldn't do that i i could attempt it i, w- I would not be successful <laughs> um it'd probably be one of those awkward falls you see on youtube that ooh. you can only watch once because it's so bad troll blanca gets you out of <laughs> folks you want a good time go to youtube look up uh blanca is a troll good stuff (laughs) oh god i love it the ones with zangief too yeah or the randy orton rko memes which were a thing for a little while um 
So he's in the sewer, and he's uh, what happens then? He he finds I, he he is ambushed by hand ninjas. That's correct. Yeah, and yeah. then they get wise that they've learned. They know that he can't see them. Yeah. So they no longer draw their weapons on him. They just start kicking the crap out of him without weapons because he's no longer be able to to hear them yeah. coming. There's a. See, you you talk about like all the coincidence stuff with Frank. I would have liked to see some explanation, even like the smallest bit of explanation of how they figured that out. Because it, it there wasn't. It was just they just stopped drawing the weapons and yeah, yeah. That would have been yeah. That that would have helped. And even when Stick was talking to him. He didn't say they figured out that you're blind. He said they figured out you're tracking their weapons. Right. You've got to go deeper and track their breath. And I'm surprised that Matt didn't think th- about that before. Like, gee, maybe I should listen for their breath instead of their heartbeat. Yeah. I mean, Matt's only had these abilities like since he was a child. You think he might? This is this is one of the rare instances where I think the show could do a better job of portraying Matt's powers. I would agree. Because we know how the radar sense works. Yes. It's a radar sense. So sound, be it whatever it is, creates the tracking ability. Yeah. So I I just think this is one of the times they could a little better job portraying how it's actually working. We've only, to this point in the series, seasons one and two, have we only seen it that one time with Claire? Okay. Yeah. I I would like to put a request in to see a little bit more of it from time to time. Yeah, unless they feel they don't need to, which is fair enough. But yeah, I mean, if they if they decide, you know, we we showed as much as we really need to. I mean, we can't really argue with the quality of the show. Yeah, um, but it's something we kind of like to see a little bit more for all the for all the flaws the Affleck movie has. One of the things they I think they did really well was portray the radar sense was pretty sweet. how his powers work. Yeah, so. Matt shows up, uh, sticks skin to manicure, uh, and then just kind of Electra shows up uh, nowhere to kill Stick. Mm-hmm. And then Nobu shows up with his pals mm-hmm. for, you know, ninja fighty stuff. And that's where we have the big reveal that Electra is... The black sky. Yeah. And then her whole childhood and all that kind of comes flooding back. And now she feels like she has meaning. And she's, you know... I kind of wish they they front-loaded the episode with the flashback stuff from her childhood. Because I felt during this episode, like, when they cut away to it late in the episode yeah i'm like no 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 go back to where the ninjas are (laughs) stuff's getting good there yeah yeah that's that's fair um but they do you know the the way they do it is is kind of smart too though where as they reveal plot points in the present they show you how they're relevant in the past um i I had a and right when i was in the point in the episode and i was like so wait weren't electra's parents like rich business people or, or diplomats and then then we, yeah. we see the adoption scene where stick hands are off to yep. uh the nachios family or whatnot um 
So she is now torn, and she decides to join the hand, essentially, right? Well, no, she's tempted by it. She's tempted to join it. She's confused, but Matt, being the voice of reason, insists that she can choose who she wants to be. So Matt, even though he's seen her do some heinous stuff, he's now going back and appealing to her sensibilities. And he attempts to call what he's hoping will be a bluff, in that telling her to, you know, I am the enemy of the hand. Right. If this is the path you're going to take, you're going to have to kill me now. Right. So, yeah. Um, it's a good episode. It's good. It's, 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 it's on the weaker end of the spectrum. Yeah. But still, a weak Daredevil episode is still miles better than the best Iron Fist episode. Yo, you're not even close to wrong. That's, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, yeah, I just, some some shortcuts in the writing are my only real gripes here and the, some of the, the, the Frank stuff, but the whole, uh, the whole Matt stick and, um, electro dynamic in this episode is really good. And it's kind of like Matt realizes, you know, he, this, this might not be the father he wants, but it is a guy who has given him purpose in life. And they had, they had a little moment there. Yep. All right. That's what that, we got. Yeah. That about does it for this episode as we're just trying to keep the dogs, at bay. At bay and... Michael Bay? No. 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 I would never <laughs> apply any Michael Bay analogy to these wonderful animals. They serve more purpose in society than... Yes, they does. do. They actually make me happy. Yes. My, Michael Bay does not. No. So, yeah. So, next week, we got the season finale. Yeah. And then we, we, got, we got some time to play with between now and August. Well, then. Because we're going to be we're gonna be going right into Defenders... Probably about the week after that comes out. Well, we might have to... Because uh... I think Defenders will be an interesting opportunity for us to go into a show not having seen all of it, at least right away. I mean, probably by the second week, we'll have seen all the episodes. But it'll be interesting to speculate, like, with episode one and whatnot, you know, what's going to come and yeah. stuff there. Um, so we got some stuff to do. We're also coming up on our, our one-year anniversary and we're going to see about maybe throwing, you know, a special little something together for that. We'll see. Yeah. Um, but again, we appreciate you joining us. If you'd like to communicate with us, send us questions, comments, suggestions for the show. You can find us at the following social media outlets. You can go to at Devil's Due Pod on Twitter. You can go to Facebook.com slash Devil's Due Pod. You can email us at the Devil's Due Pod at gmail.com. Or you can find all these resources on our website at thedevilsdopodcast.com. As always, we appreciate you uh, giving us your time and listening to our show. We ask that you please uh, review us on iTunes, retweet, share our new episode announcements. It helps the show. Uh, yeah. Any uh, Anything else? Um, only because it's fresh on my mind and I want everyone who uh, might be morbidly curious. Um, Saturday and Sunday on Access TV. Well, Saturday anyway. Uh, New Japan Pro Wrestling is uh, having their first ever U.S. shows. And uh, Saturday night, I think 8 p.m. Eastern, uh, they are devoting hours to it, airing it live from Long Beach, California. Uh, This is the NJPW G1 Special in USA. It's going to be a tournament to crown the first ever New Japan U.S. champion. And you get Cody Rhodes, who uh, is the son of Dusty Rhodes, who just won the ROH world title. 
He is facing Okada, the NJPW heavyweight champion, who, uh, frankly, Cody does not deserve to be anywhere near Okada. But whatever, whatever. I mean, just enjoy it for what it is. This is NJPW's first ever U.S. show. So this weekend, uh, I would encourage everyone to check it out. There you go. Please do, because I'm going to be watching it. We're going to be talking about it. All righty. That being said, ladies and gentlemen, dogs are telling us it's time to get on with our evening. Sure are. Time for RoboCop. Yeah, time for RoboCop. So for now, courts adjourned.